You are listening to Subro on the Go, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor's Subrogation and Recovery Practice Group, with discussions and perspectives on emerging trends, developments, and best practices. Now let's get started with your hosts, Dave Briscoe and Joe Rich. All right, welcome everybody to our first 2024 episode of Subro on the Go, and Happy New Year, everybody. This is David Briscoe from Cozen O'Connor's San Diego office, joined by our regular co-host, Joe Rich, out of our Miami office. Uh, you know, Joe, people have some strong feelings on, on the Happy New Year thing. I mean, I hear people say, you know, oh, once you're, once you're a few days into the new year, it's, it's no longer time for wishing Happy New Year's you know, anymore. I mean, some people are a little grumpy about it, even annoyed if, if you continue to say Happy New Year, you know, week into the year. Not me. It may be mid or even late January when you finally get around to listening to this, but but I'm still on the Happy New Year train. So t- today I'm happy that Joe and I are joined by Dana Myers from our San Diego office and Michael O'Donnell out of our Philadelphia office. So between the four of us, we're going to talk about several New Year's resolutions. And I, and I just want to add, let, let's talk briefly about why it even matters that it's January. Why do we care in subrogation what month it is? And so anybody you know, who's been practicing subrogation um, for at least a few years will tell you, hey, yeah, it absolutely matters what, what month it is in subrogation. Uh, November and December for the entire industry is focused on pushing year-end recoveries. And that's really both for several trying to get money in and, and for the defense trying to get claims off the books. So there is naturally in November and December this focus on cases that are near the finish line. So there's a sense of starting the new year with a need to take stock of your entire caseload, right? Just like you take stock in your life, you have a moment of reflection and may make a personal New Year's resolution. Well, we come into the, you know, um, off that prior year finish line and and we start the new year in subro taking stock of our entire cases and say, okay, what's the plan? Let's get the new year off off right. So thank you all for joining me. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts as we start the new year? New year. Well, uh, let me add a couple of things. So uh, I was at the uh, Dolphins-Bills game yesterday, and at the end of the game, if anybody saw it, you know, Josh Allen kind of led a great comeback, and, you know, that guy's a beast of a player. And he said at the end of the game, and I think this is relevant for us, that, you know, what we the reason we were successful here is because, you know, we we did everything right in the preseason. We built up to a point where we could execute now. And I think I, I kind of use a football analogy. You know, you're building the first couple months of the year and even toward the end of the year, I think, um, I, I, you know, I, I tend to try to start in December. I'm trying to be a month ahead. But I think it's like preseason planning and you want to be ready for the playoffs, right? And the playoffs are for us, October, November, December at the end of the year. So really, you know, thinking about that, you know, what do we do right now, you know, as a subro professional to get off on the right foot? And I, and I would kick it to Dana first, you know, Dana, what are your thoughts? What, what are, what are some things that you do, you know, to, to get your season started off right? Yeah, Joe. I mean, if we're in analyzing and and saying that this is like a preseason football for me it's getting my team together and who is going to make up my team and so it's the organization part of that for me is like everybody else here our novembers and decembers are so packed with trying to take the cases that are ready at the finish line through the finish line and so my outbox gets so full right my outlook is a mess and so part of it is organizing my my outlook as far as meetings, setting up meetings for the first quarter of the year, um, 
clearing out that inbox and then setting priorities on cases of what I can do now to get my at least first quarter started fresh and, and off to a running start. That's great. Mike, what what are, what do you do? Sort of uh, anything in addition to getting organized? Like, do you sit down? Do you kind of go through active, you know, uh, active cases, stale cases, anything along those lines? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, I, I think that's exactly it, right? It's a good opportunity to take inventory on your caseload. And we don't have the simple benefit of all of our losses coming in January 1 where we could start everything on a clean slate, right? It's kind of a sliding scale where we have maybe new losses coming in over the holidays, but then you have those older cases that have been sitting around, whether they're in suit, whether they're pre-suit. And this kind of gives a good opportunity to sit down, find out where you are in the life of your loss, see which ones can be set up and primed for that end of the year push, right? If you have a case that went into suit recently at the end of 2023, how can I set that up to come in this year? And which cases are not yet in suit, but you know what, I think if I put them in suit now, we're gonna be primed and ready to go for that money to come in by year end. So again, I think it's a good opportunity to take inventory, but also to assess whether that case is something that you can move forward quickly and efficiently this year. I like to pick my winners and losers. You know, there's always those nagging cases, and I I uh, I believe in sort of efficient time management. So I kind of like look at every case, the status of it, and go through it and say, are there any I can check off in like the next sixty to ninety days, right? And then beyond that, where am I going to stagger these? You know, I look at things like my case management plans or discovery plans, depending on which jurisdiction you're in, state and federal court. And I kind of like take all of that into consideration. And it, you know, if I can sort of clean house on some things early on, I do. Um, I'm not averse to start calling people on January 3rd, um, although they, they're probably not picking up on me <laughs> unless their name is David Briscoe. But, you know, I try. I will always answer your calls, Joe. Always. Um, you know, so I love what I'm hearing, which is a lot of taking stock um, and and your cases, getting organized, getting cleaned up. And these are kind of some macro level um, ideas of what we're doing. Right. And so we're going to get into some micro level stuff and talk about um, some other New Year's resolutions and things we're doing to get cases on track. One of the things that should be I'll note before we go back to our group, that has got to be on everybody's. If you're a subro attorney out there even a several specialist reporting up the chain to somebody um, on everybody's list uh, at the start of the year is reporting. And one of the first things we do is we sit down and we go, okay, which are the cases where we are, we are in need of reporting? Because reporting is such a vital part of what we do in subrogation and making sure our clients are up to date with what's going on and, and what we've been doing with the case lately and making sure our clients um, are in a position to update their supervisors. So making sure we got our reporting up to date is, is high on the list on our New Year's resolution to-do list. But, but what else when we talk about um, you know, New Year's resolution lists? Um, uh, for you guys, particularly, maybe we break it down into, you know, in-suit versus a pre-suit case that you want to talk about. I think the reporting is also important because it allows you to dive into more of your case's specifics, right? And so hit that micro level of what a case needs to move it forward. And like some of those cases that are the stale cases I have that are in-suit, um, the cases that are nagging and I know are going to take a while to get somewhere, 
I try to figure out what I can do now to push that case along to get it to the finish line in June versus December or beginning of next year. And so if that means setting some depositions, uh, producing some additional written discovery on defense, essentially anything I can do to prompt a call from defense counsel who usually ignores me to say, hey, where are we on this case? Are we going to be able to resolve this or not? And Dana, I think that's a good point because as much as we're talking about what we do on our side of the ledger to, uh, I guess, assess and take inventory at the beginning of the year, it's also a good opportunity to get in front of the eyes of other attorneys, right, defense counsel specifically. Just like us, we're starting our year, they're starting theirs, and it's a good opportunity right after the holidays and beginning of January to start putting dates on the calendar, right, whether we want to schedule depositions or we need to get a lab exam conducted and things of that nature where kind of the the whole industry has a bit of a, a clean slate at this point, and it makes the cases move more efficiently when you're already on someone's calendar for mid-February for depositions that you know need to take place before you can start talking settlement with the other side. So it kind of cuts both ways. So, Mike, those are all really great points um, about how to sort of circle back with defense counsel and get things scheduled and moved along. But let me just ask you guys, what about cases that are not in litigation? What type of things are, are all of you doing to sort of plan your year and roadmap what to do with those cases? Because maybe not every case needs to be litigated. So what are some thoughts? Uh, Dana, Mike, you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, Joe, I like to organize my cases that are pre-suit first by where they're at in adjustment. So there are some that take a while to adjust, and if claim isn't finalized, liability's been admitted, I know those are going on my back burner, and I'm first addressing those matters where I've either got a liability dispute or my damages are finalized and I'm either placing into lit or resolving immediately. Yeah, and I think to piggyback off of that, you know, another aspect that comes up pre-suit that I think really kind of allows your case to move forward is the inevitable lab inspection that so many of our cases involve, right? And and the difficulty with the lab inspections, at least, you know, in my viewpoint, is scheduling. There's so many different parties, there's so many different experts, and the quicker you can get a date on the calendar for that lab inspection to take place, you know, again, depending if it's a case that needs it, will allow you to put your demand forward sooner and get this case ready to be resolved in 2024. I think those are really, yeah, those are two great boxes that you guys are talking about checking off, you know, status of the adjustment and payments, and then the status of the evidence investigation. And and both of them can, can have delays. So those are definitely two things I think that are really important to look at. Um, or I don't know if uh, David has any other comments, but are you guys also, when you're like, are there any specific things you're doing to put demand packets together at the start of the year? Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point, Joe, um, and uh, about damages and demand packages. And one trick I like to do before we kick it to Mike and Dana on, on what they do with the demand packages is I like to keep the defense updated along the way on damages, right, to keep them engaged. Because some of these adjustment periods can take a long time, and you feel like on your end, 
hey, I've got a great liability case. Hey, I think they, they, I think they're going to accept liability. Um, they may not have said it, but I think it's a great case, and sure, certainly they would. And then we disappear for a long period of time waiting for this adjustment to, period to happen. And I think that's bad practice to disappear for a long period of time. You want to keep the defense engaged that, hey, this is a clear liability case, strong liability case, whatever case you have, and, and that they have to deal with that as soon as the adjustment's complete. So we'll check in with them periodically. Hey, we're still waiting for the contents list from the insured to be finalized, but as soon as that's done, we're going to get you the damage docs. And, and if you need anything now, um, you know, on the liability front or, you know, to finalize things, let me know, but know that my damages are coming and you're going to have to deal with it and, and, and you're, you're prepared for that. So they don't go off and say, oh, I closed my file. I didn't hear from you in forever. So keep them engaged that, that this is coming. They got to deal with it. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a great point because you want to avoid the sticker shock, right? Where they don't hear from you for six months and then the value of your claim is doubled and then you spend weeks trying to explain to them what happened, right? Yeah, and, and even from a practical standpoint, too, uh, you know, each carrier might have their own internal policies, but there might be a, an authority level that you're going to cross over with the adjuster you've been communicating with, and for the first time, you make your demand, and all of a sudden you're well above his authority. Now you have to go up two or three levels before he can even get authority on the file. So I think there's a practical incentive to keeping these folks updated as your reserves get reset or your damages increase or decrease. So when the time does come to have a conversation, they're ready to do so. Yeah, a good way of doing that that I do is every time I follow up with a client for a status on where we are on the damages, I'll just turn that around and send an email to the adverse carrier with that same information. Yeah, that, that, that's a good um, practice tip. Mike, I think you really hit the nail on the head. I think that's an astute observation about why it's so important to do it. And Dana, yeah, I do the same thing. Like when I start seeing the adjuster's reports coming in and the amounts changing significantly, I do proactively, like like David said, I, I sort of just send like a brief email, like, hey, just letting you know, our adjustment's pending. We're currently, we've paid X and we currently have Y in reserves. Um, I always think it's important to give them a, a, a full scope with the potential reserves as well. Are there any other things you guys can think of that you're doing here as we're coming to the close on this on this episode about um, to get things moving for the new year, for road mapping, anything along those lines? Or, or have, we, have we given out all the pearls of wisdom? You know, something else that I like doing when it comes down to damages and providing summaries is having an idea of where the insured is on their own damages, especially if we're talking about a claim that's going to have a policy limit issue on the other side. I would rather try to get ahead of that instead of submitting my demand and then making a negotiation and getting to a point at the very end where there's a release where the other carrier says, oh, does your insured have any out-of-pocket damages? That, that, that's a really interesting point and, and one well taken, Dana, because I think it's important throughout the life of the adjustment to check in with your insureds to, and to be confident in what they're doing. And I think this time of year is the great opportunity to take that chance to, to make sure that they don't have uninsured claims or to prevent that surprise of, oh boy, the insured filed suit and didn't tell anybody and now you're dealing with a headache you didn't expect. So this time of year might be the great opportunity to reach out to them and find out what's going on from their perspective and make sure that there's no surprises down the road. Those are all great points. Uh, 
David, do you have anything to add before we close out this session? No, these, this has been a wonderful session. I'll just say, you know, we, we want to also, when we're doing this, taking stock of cases, we will prioritize the cases with the trial date, and we'll sit down and go through those and say, okay, the ones with the trial date are the ones that are going to obviously um, uh, need to um, take priority to make sure we have the discovery we need to prove our case. So that's always, a, that's a constant year round, not necessarily a New Year's thing, but, but something we'll do at New Year's and throughout the year is take stock of those trial date cases and make sure we got what we need. Um, Otherwise, that's it. Joe, any final words? No, nothing for me. I think Dana and Mike had some really good points. You know, there's there's probably a ton of other things, and, and I'm sure everybody's got a different method to the madness, but I think if there's one takeaway, it's have a plan. You know, it's like the old A-team saying, you know, I love it when a plan comes together. Well, you got to have the plan to begin with in order to have some success. So I think whatever you do, just make sure that you're you're organized and you've got some plan of attack. Great advice. Well, Happy New Year again, everybody. And um, uh, thank you, Dana and Mike, for joining Joe and I today. And um, we'll, we'll hear you all on the uh, uh, next Sever on the Go podcast in um, about a month and a half.